0: Hey there, future celeb, and welcome to How To Be Famous with Whitney Uland. I'm your host, Whitney Uland. Now, I'm a big believer that the world would be a better place if more good-hearted people were able to make a massive impact. And if fame is calling to you, then there is an audience for you, and I'm here to show you how to find it. In this show, we are diving into the art of becoming a self-made celebrity. And no, you do not need a million-dollar ad budget or a team of talented agents. You already have the power inside of you, and I'm here to show you how to unlock it. I'm here to help the talented artists, creatives, and influencers tap into what I call celebrity energy so that you can become the magnet for the opportunities, fame, and success that you know that you were born for. But we're not here just for fame for fame's sake. We're about making a positive impact, sharing your unique voice, and ultimately connecting to like-minded souls who also want to make a massive impact. So join me as we explore the stories, secrets, and strategies to help you shine brighter and leave your mark on this world. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and entertained because this process is really about turning your dreams into a reality and finding the audience that is obsessed with you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and together we will embark on the journey where I show you how to be famous.
1: Hello future celeb and welcome to day six of the how to be famous while home for the holidays challenge. I am so excited to be here with y'all today. Um, If this is your first episode, no worries. We're going in deep here. So you may want to go back, catch up on the other episodes, but um, we're going for B-minus work here. So if you have not had perfect attendance, we are not in the business of beating ourselves up or doing weird perfectionist shit, okay? So you are exactly where you are meant to be, and welcome. I hope you've had an amazing day. So we are going to be diving into the third main pillar of what stops us from feeling safe being seen for massive amounts of people. So I want you to think about if a little kid touched a stove, they would learn that the stove is hot, right? They would learn that the stove is dangerous and that message would become cemented in their brain really, really quickly, right? And so they are not about to go ahead and touch another stove again after they've had that painful experience, right? That traumatic experience. Now our brains are the same way when we have actually undergone traumatic experiences. Now, I'm going to define trauma because there's that's like kind of a hot button like craze right now, which is so good. It's so needed. I just feel like we are in such an amazing time with, you know, all of the information available on the Internet and just how much I don't know. I was talking. It was funny. The last time I was with my mom, she's like, how do you learn all these things? And I was like, the Internet, <laughs> right? Like, I really it's, it's just funny. Like, I run an entire business predominantly from. My phone, right? And I have a BFA a musical theater, right? In theory, should have no business knowing how to run a business. Um, and yet thanks to the internet we have a whole multitude of access to information for our healing. And so but what I wanna talk about with trauma, there's big T trauma. Those are things that someone should have been held accountable for, right? Some there should be a consequence that that someone You know, should experience or, you know, these major life upheavals or, you know, growing up in poverty or with natural disasters, things like that. Those can be traumatic. Um, But then there's also little t traumas. These are things that are more specific to your particular psyche and your particular nervous system. So anything, I want to define this as anything that was too much, too big, too loud, too fast too much, right, for you and your emotional sensitivity and for your nervous system. And these little things can happen in little ways over time, right? These can just be these micro moments that, you know, probably happened, again, when you were a child or an adolescence, and probably no one else remembers them at all, okay? But these are really the moments that get cemented to us, into us, that of, of what is safe and what is not. And so today we're going to be doing a deep dive into these little T traumas that taught you that it was not safe to be seen by massive amounts of people. Now, something I want you to remember is that you are an artist, creative or influencer, which means that you are on this earth with an attuned emotional sensitivity more than most people. And so something that was not traumatic to someone else could, in fact, be very traumatic to you. Right. It's something, again, that could have really stayed with you, where as even now as an adult, maybe you'd look back and be like, oh, like if I watched that happen to someone else, I'd probably say like, oh, it's not that big of a deal or it could just happen in these little moments. Right. But these could be any time that you experience basically a negative side effect from being in the spotlight, from having the resource of people's attention. So, (laughs) for example, if you were the kid that always got the note on your report card saying student tends to socialize, <laughs> that one's a deep cut for me specifically, then you learn, oh, being being talkative, being loud, using my voice, that's a negative thing. I shouldn't be doing that. I'm getting in trouble when I do that, right? Or this is like the most benign, and I think it's so funny, but <laughs> I remember my mom's probably going to be sad if she hears that. We had a good chat tonight. Um, where she just it was so funny, like and, and here's the thing with all of this and like why I think it's so important that we don't that we stay in. This is just a reminder that right now we're just looking at this as a way of being curious, right? If you as the second you start to look at blaming other people, it's like it loses the helpfulness of the exercise. But it was interesting. My mom's probably my number one fan. She is for sure. And so she was you know, she called me yesterday to talk about the, or I'm sorry, today, to talk about yesterday's podcast. And she just was like, I like hope you know just how how much I do love you and how much I do support what you're doing. And I think that what you're doing is amazing, right? With these And I think that was in response to yesterday, me talking about, you know, how sometimes our families just don't know what to do with us, right? Or our families don't know how to support us or maybe your parents weren't supportive of what you're doing. And I think that that's what's important to remember with all of these things is we want to look at these, like, we want to give you and little you, this inner you, the microphone, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you don't have to say what was me you don't have to blame other people for these things we just want to get clear and really look at these things objectively like a scientist which I know we're all artists and creatives but looking at these things from a scientist perspective to see like what was the ripple effect that these little moments had and my guess is even like when I share this story my mom's probably not even gonna have remembered it but I remember there was this one time where I um, was my mom was, a, I don't remember where she was, probably just like at the grocery store or something. And I found some Crayola markers and I decided to color an entire outfit onto my body, <laughs> onto my bare ass and just was so excited and so proud <laughs> proud of this um, masterpiece that I had made. I, I remember being like, this is art. And I was probably like four um, and I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited to show my mom and she came in and shrieked and she took the markers away and she was like and I I don't really remember that much other than it but the story that I learned then was oh creativity and like expression that could be bad like my mom doesn't like that right and at that time when you're a kid you are actually like dependent on your parents for your physical survival and so these messages again that was me touching the hot stove and again if i like i 'm sure when my mom hears this she 's going to be like, "Oh my god i 'm so sorry, like I had no idea, and she probably doesn 't even remember it but and that 's why sometimes because these are little moments it 's like we dismiss them as well, but it 's really important for you as the artist and creative you don 't need to hold your parents accountable you don 't need to blame them, but you do need to look at these things and reprocess them, and that 's really what this work is about is reprocessing all of the old programming and all of the subconscious wiring telling you that it's not safe for you to use your voice or to have creative expression. So I want you to look at these are the ones that I hear super frequently. So just start to think about this is what were times that you were in the spotlight, and then maybe it was taken away, or maybe, you know, you got bullied for it, or maybe you um, outshone a sibling, or maybe you were told that you were too talkative or too loud. Maybe your creativity made you seem like a weirdo right maybe you had a hard time fitting in because of your creative expression so what were the times that you and your gift and your humanity and your creativity led to a negative consequence because and especially look at like anything i mean again in childhood and adolescence but this could also be like in college right like i had a professor point blank tell me oh yeah there's no space for you in the entertainment industry he was like you're too tall and but you can't dance so there's probably like i don't know what they would do with you that was a message that i had to like do the work that i'm going to teach you all over the next few days to rewire right because that was a message that stayed with me when i then went to new york when any thought that we have becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy the way that this happens is any thought that you have, any belief, remember we've talked about the neural pathways and your reticular activating system is just going to look for more evidence of what the beliefs that you have are true. And if you have a thought like, oh, there's no spot for me here, or, you know, there, I will get in trouble if I use my voice, then those thoughts are going to then, remember we talked about how your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings then you're going to feel small. You're not going to feel empowered. You're not going to feel creative. You're not going to feel safe. Right. And when you don't feel safe, then you're not going to take action towards your goals. So, for example, when I had this thought of, oh, like, I, there's not a spot for me in the entertainment industry, I felt desperate. Right. I felt small. And from that place, I just showed up way too thirsty. I had that creepy energetic body odor. And so it didn't matter how talented I was. It didn't matter that I could sing the high F or whatever the fuck. I don't even remember. It didn't matter how talented I was and how deeply connected I was to my monologues and to the pieces and how much work that I was putting into it and how, you know, how well I knew the routine or whatever it was. I didn't feel safe being perceived. And because of that, no one could quite put a finger on why they didn't want me. I was like the callback queen, where everyone would get me to to callbacks, and then be like, I, "I don't know, it's just not right, right?" That's what happens if you are if you don't feel comfortable being seen for who you really are, right? And the other thing that I want you to look at is, are there parts of yourself that you don't feel ready to bring to the forefront, right? To bring to the table. When I was doing a project in um. A few years ago i was producing it and i we hired a uh, publicist and pr team and we got interest from um, npr from jimmy fallon from um, good morning america they were all interested in interviewing me specifically me okay and they wanted to know not just about this project they wanted to know about my life and they were digging and asking all these questions and i thought that they wanted to know the story about, like, I mean, the questions that they were asking were about the project, but it was also about how I've lost my dad. It was about, you know, why I love producing, why, how I have this entrepreneurial spirit as a creative. Um, So things that kind of seemed like they were on the surface, right? Things that I could answer really easily. And yet my body went into such a state of fight or flight I was having the most stage fright that I have ever experienced. Like I used to have, kind of like the maybe more subtle symptoms of um, of stage fright, where it's like you know I could sing my best when I was in the shower, but not on stage, or not in a, or you know sometimes on stage, but never in an audition or whatever. But at this point, I was just fully shutting down. I started having panic attacks, and I, it just it wasn't good. And so I saw one of my friends who is a hypnotherapist and she helped me through this. And we did a lot of the work that, um, you know, you and I are working on now. And I realized that I was not, I didn't feel ready yet to be seen, to have my life under a microscope because I wasn't ready to make peace with my queerness. I wasn't ready to come out. I just thought, Oh, like uh, that's something I never really have to deal with. I'm bisexual. So I can just choose, my sexuality, and I can just segment this part of myself. And that was really damaging to my sense of self. But it also didn't, it, it made it so that I didn't feel safe being under, under a microscope, right? Like fame, again, is just that amplifier. And so if there are parts of yourself that you think that you would be rejected for, then you're not going to feel safe. And so when what ended up happening was I like, I had the identification of it, like I had the awareness of what was blocking me, but I didn't know how to release it yet, right? That was before I had, like, the hypnotherapist helped me identify this, and then it was like, okay, I have this, now I don't know what to do with it, which don't worry, we'll get to that, but essentially, I self-sabotaged the entire project. I hired people who were wrong fits, I knew that they were the wrong fit, and yet there was a subconscious part of me that didn't, that wasn't ready to be seen, and so I hired them anyway. We had multiple, <laughs> speaking of someone being held accountable, multiple instances of people who should have been held accountable and ended up being let go. Like it was it was a dumpster fire. And it was this whole thing because for legal reasons, it was easiest. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be telling this. I, I guess I'm not using names or spe- uh, specifics, but our lawyers all suggested that we, we didn't give um too much information and that we let go of people for creative reasons. And so then no one else understood why people were being let go. It just like became the biggest failure of my entire career. Like a hundred percent. And again, it was supposed to be this thing that like launched my career and I had just had this development deal and was shooting this movie and written on this movie starring Lucy Hale and I had just well, had I just done the HBO show? I don't remember the timeline exactly, but anyway. All this to say it completely fell apart because I wasn't ready to be under the spotlight. So are there parts of you that you're not ready to be seen? And then also, I guess this is kind of going back and in the worksheet I'll, I'll break this down in a more linear way, but um, what I want you to look at is these experiences, these micro moments that taught you that who you are is not safe to be seen and is, you know, that it's not okay for you to be who you are um, and be seen by so many people. I want you to also look at, like, how did your body respond? So when we have these traumatic experiences, our body goes into fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. So fight is you get angry, you get reactive. Um, Flight would be you run away, you exit the situation, you quit, right? Fawn is, it's a form of people-pleasing. It's basically trying to appease people around you so that they see you favorably. And then... um, Fight, flight, fawn, freeze. Freeze Freeze is just you freeze up, right? So you just kind of like play dead, (laughs) right? So I want, the reason that this is important is because whatever your response was in that moment probably mirrors your current response and is going to give you good insight as to what's, what your trick, like, it's going to give you insight into what it looks like right now that is blocking you. Okay, so if you're if you notice like, oh, when that happened, I laughed it off and I tried to make jokes about it. So that'd be fawning. That's probably what you do now. (laughs) Okay, and so then those are going to be the things that I want you start looking for. And those can kind of be your little like clues that there's some subconscious work that needs some rewiring needs some reprogramming. Because again, remember, tapping into celebrity energy is all about feeling safe being seen. And it comes down to that subconscious rewiring. And once you do feel safe, that's when you can exist in the hyper-present flow state where you become magnetic, right? It's where, and I have a free um, masterclass in my bio, but it's, or I'm sorry, it's in my, I guess it is in my bio. I, I'll try and remember to add it to the show notes of this episode, but I go into an even deeper dive where it's essentially when you are in your most magnetic self, you're, your electromagnetic field becomes so strong that it is able to hold the attention of other people's electromagnetic fields. People are energetically drawn to you. It's like when they're like, I don't know if you've ever seen someone and you're just like, they have the factor, right? Or I live in Los Angeles. I see celebrities all the time. I don't always know who they are, but I know that they are somebody because they carry this energy and they carry this presence that draws my energy to them, right? Um, That draws everyone's energy to them. So that's really what we're creating here. And I celebrate you for doing this work because I know that it's not the most fun (laughs) to look back at these things, Um, but I celebrate you for doing it because it is really brave and it is going to be the thing that allows you to unlock your magnetism so that you can start to turn heads. Because really once you can start to turn heads, that's when the opportunities you're able to just like really start cashing in on and catching those opportunity buses that we talked about really, really quickly. Because there's, like I said, there's a million ways to skin a cat. There's a million ways to become famous. And once you know how to turn heads and to direct people's energy to you, that's when you can leverage your talent, right? And that's when you can leverage the skills that you have, the passions that you have, and turn them into whatever it is that you want. Whether it's, you know, using that attention, using the resource of fame, to sign clients, to book roles, to um, sign brand deals, to build a following, to, you know, whatever it is, that's what this is all about. And it all starts at the subconscious level. So. I hope this was helpful. Let me know how it was for you. Um, and again, just a reminder, two reminders, I guess. If you want to do a deep dive, you can also be doing the Celebrity Energy Hypnosis. I actually recommend doing that for 21 days. Um, if you miss one, don't worry about it. It's not like it's not like the, what is it, the 75 hard where you have to completely start over. Um, just add an, an extra day to the end and it's not that deep. So go ahead and um, do that. And then I'm also going live on Saturday at 11 a.m., Pacific time. If you are in my book club, you will have access to raise your hand and get coaching directly from me. So I can help you tap into celebrity energy and create the results that you are meant for in 2024. I hope that you have an amazing day and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of How to Be Famous. If you found today's episode to be helpful, then make sure to subscribe and leave me a review or tag me on Instagram at Whitney Euland Your feedback helps me to continue making empowering content. And if you're ready to be the next big thing and you want to take this work even deeper and work with me directly to become a self-made celebrity, then head to the link in the show notes where you can learn how to coach with me directly. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or gossip, then feel free to slide into my DMs. They are always open. I'm at Whitney Uland on TikTok and Instagram. I always always love hearing your stories, celebrations, and wins. And remember, this is not about fame for fame's sake. It's about making a positive impact, bringing your dreams to life, and inspiring people along the way. Stay inspired, stay ambitious, and most importantly, stay true to your authentic self. Until next time, I'm Whitney Uland, and this is How to Be Famous with Whitney Uland.